Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll see. Recording. Okay. Okay. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Nothing. What are you laughing about? Nothing. <laughs> I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Welcome to another episode of I Miss You, Man. The only podcast with two men who miss each other. That's us. <laughs> the only two men who are brave enough to say it. Yeah. My name's Lonnie. I'm here with Dylan. How are you doing, Dylan? I'm doing fantastic, mate. How are you going? Not too bad. Now, what is this show all about? Lonnie, as you said, it's about two men who miss each other. That's you and me. That's Dylan and Lonnie. The boys. The lads. And every week, we keep in touch. We take each other through a topic. And Lonnie, goddamn, that could be anything. Life, pop culture, everything in between, mate. It's it's madness. <laughs> it can get pretty chaotic up in this space, kind of. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now, recently I found out on air, actually, that you, my friend, had never heard of or seen an episode of a Louis Theroux documentary. Yeah, didn't know who the man was. No. Honestly, you never heard of him. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Apparently that's unacceptable to you. <laughs> well, it was. I had to rectify this straight away. <laughs> now, as a background, I've loved Louis for ages. I am... Um, I can't remember actually the first one I saw, but I just always sort of knew about him um, as a documentarium. Mm. Um, I do remember very clearly seeing his um, Scientology movie, which was like a bit of a bigger budget, like feature length um, film. And that was down here in Brisbane at Goma. Um, mm. And in fact, that weekend he was in Brisbane and he was like next door at the um, at QPAC at a speaking tour. Mm. And if I remember correctly, that weekend, I was cat-sitting at my aunt's house and she had paid TV and they were playing a bunch of documentaries of Louis back-to-back. So it was a pretty full-on weekend with Louis that weekend. Sounds like it. Uh, not that I got to see him in person, though. That would have been cool. Oh. Um, since then, um, Sine and I, we bought like a DVD collection of his sort of a best-of oh, yeah. of his early stuff, including some of the episodes we're going to talk about today. Um, but that was before it was all streaming and now it's on here in Australia, it's like, Pretty much everything I can see is on on Stan, which is pretty awesome. Hey? Oh, it's crazy. There's so much Louie on there. Yeah. It's a Louie Bonanza. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I've seen a fair bit of his work, but not everything. Um, and I've seen like a, half of his Weird Weekends and I've probably maybe oh, yeah. heard or half of things since then. Um, but mm. his early stuff is a bit wackier, a bit of tricky characters. Later stuff is kind of more serious topics. Um, but he is still kind of the same sort of gentle, naive English guy in the, at the centre of it. Before we get into the episodes that we're watching today, Dylan, what's your mm. impression of Louis? What's your sort of overall 
take on him and his documentary style? He kind of... Uh, overall, I like him, Lonnie. I'll set your mind at ease now. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you were so worried. <laughs> I was. I like him. He somehow comes across as simultaneously taking the piss but also being respectful at the same time. It's kind of a weird dynamic, to be honest. It really is, especially the early days. Um, he's a bit more of a... Like, I mean, in the best way, he's a bit of a smart-ass, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But he's also just genuinely curious yeah. as well. Lots of deadpan humour. Mm. I think that's probably easier when he is, like, this young English guy going to find crazy Americans. I think he can sort of draw that line a bit easier about, like, look at me, I'm the quote-unquote normal guy with these weirdos. Yeah. Um, and I think later on when he's doing more serious topics, you kind of don't really want to play that sort of style anymore. Yeah. Um, especially when you're not doing crazy Americans, you're doing like kind of very serious topics, especially in the UK. Mm. Um, so, a bit of background about Louis. So, his dad is a famous writer. I'm pretty sure Louis has like American um, citizenship as well. So oh, yeah. After he finished uni, he was working over in America as a journalist. And he actually got his start working for uh, Michael Moore's TV show. Yeah. Yeah, so he was doing like segments on that and just sort of kind of doing what he what he thought he'd done, just gone on to do. And um, then he got his own show on the BBC called Weird um, Weekends where he would um, go off and kind of looking at American subcultures and people off the beaten path, um, which we, as we see in these episodes that we look at today. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, as I said, you can, get a, you can get away with being a little bit snarky when you're spending the weekend with alien hunters or like neo-Nazis. <laughs> Um, but then as his work sort of went on to more serious topics or more marginalised groups, less wacky but still kind of outside the mainstream. So, like, one episode I remember really clearly was, like, looking at um, alcoholics. Um, one oh. was about people with serious illness, like dealing with the U USA healthcare system, which is obviously pretty bad. Mm. Um, and then other documentaries, I haven't seen all of these, but there's some about like policing and law enforcement in some you know, really dangerous cities in America and Johannesburg. Um, one, he, he goes, to, goes to prison at one point, so they're much more serious in tone, but he's still got that gentle, light touch throughout. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. And I've got this article from a website called Joe. Never heard of it, but apparently it's popular in, America, in the US. I mean, sorry, in the UK. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they talked about him in like sort of 20 year anniversary of his his first series that he did. And they said like, as we can see that they're much more about being a participant. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to go with you on a weird weekend. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm going to get in the thick of it. Mm. Um, and that includes going to a swing party, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but later on, it's more about letting the, the subjects reveal themselves. Um, this quote here is that, his quiet, likable demeanour, drawing out the humanity in his subjects, regardless of who they were. I think that's pretty accurate, eh? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, from what I've seen, anyway. Yeah. Um, I think he's always doing that. It wasn't just later on that he's doing that, but I think it's a bit less zany, you know, as, as he goes on. And interestingly, yeah, sure. he's also a bit of an unlikely sex symbol, Dylan. <laughs> oh, okay. What's your take on that? I mean, he's, he's, he's an attractive English man. Yeah. He's very charming. 
So I'm not surprised, not surprised at all. It's got kind of that Austin Powers charm, like looks a bit goofy, but you know, you get all aboard if you got the chance. I think he's very, he's very nice and polite, which I, yeah, mm. that's manners cost nothing, don't they? So, wow, fair point. <laughs> that's good. But I think <laughs> one of the the main things I think that makes him interesting and, and appealing and sexy yeah, is that he yeah. listens. You know, well, he, he takes people as true. they are, Dylan. He does. He does. Not wrong. He tries to understand and he's, he's kind. And I think he gets a lot more out of his subjects by allowing them to reveal themselves, as that quote said. And more than he would if he was like trying to confront them and attack them. Yeah, and definitely. Absolutely. Maybe that's a little bit problematic in some areas. Like, do you want to give a potentially sympathetic um, portrayal or give the chance for someone who's like a neo-Nazi to show their humanity. Maybe it's a bit difficult, but I think he does still call them out and he's not saying these people are accurate and right and they're on the right track of what they're thinking and believing, but I think by allowing them to sort of show who they are, he can show hypocrisy and, and their evil ways. So yeah, think. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Now, I've picked three of the best, Dylan. I haven't... As I said, I haven't seen everything he's done, but everything I've seen is good. So I could have picked anything. I've never seen one I don't like. But I picked sure, the three yeah, the best. Are you glad I asked you to do this? Relatively, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, the first episode that we've watched from Wee Weekends is Singers. Yeah. yeah, baby. Now, I was hoping you might give me a rundown on this episode, Dylan. About swingers, yeah. yeah what, what um, I mean, yeah. I mean, basically, he goes to this um, this swinging couple, this uh, old couple who's been doing it for years and years. They host uh, parties at their place, and they've like basically like decked out their home to be specifically for swingers parties. Really, mm. like he's got um, the bloke. I can't remember the names, so but the bloke's got like a, a fetish room, like a specific fetish room for like his rubber stuff that he's into. <laughs> Um, there's also like a room that's just one big mattress, basically. It's like a, a group room, if you know, if you know, you know, know, um, they got a big, uh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they got a big, uh, big pool area, like a barbecue area and you know, the fences are specifically high enough that the, the neighbors can't see the shenanigans going in because Louie even points it out. Can they see in? And the bloke's like, no, they can just not see in. So, yeah, they pretty much just uh, pimp this place out, really. They're an interesting couple, aren't they? Yeah, I got the feeling watching throughout it that it's more of the man's idea to get into swing than than the wife's. <laughs> yes. yes, Dylan, that's, this one is one that I've, I keep thinking about, keep coming back to it, not because of the, the crazy sex stuff, like take or leave that side of it, but the interesting yeah. dynamic between the, the couple, that's what really yeah. stayed with me a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, because, um, I mean, she seems relatively into it, but the more he talks to her, like she's embarrassed when they're going out for food and groceries. He's like, can you not tell her that you're having a swingers party when he's talking to the cashier? And she's getting really embarrassed. She's like, no, stop, stop, that sort of thing. The bloke's like pretty open about it. <laughs> he's loving it. Um, and then he actually goes to the party at one point and 
the bloke's getting amongst it. He's like uh, swinging. He's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And the wife's just like doing admin for guests coming in, <laughs> just cleaning. Like she's not getting amongst it at all. Yeah, and like maybe that's because she's a bit older now and isn't into that side of things, which is you know, fair enough. But it did kind of seem weird that, yeah, filthy. it's his idea that she's going along with. Yeah. Potentially. It comes across that way, yeah. And she even gets a bit sensitive when Louis brings up that he was, you know, having sex with another lady at the party. Mm. And she's like, oh, you can talk to him about that. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, love, you're clearly not happy <laughs> in this situation. No, but Louis, like, he's a little bit of a dick, actually, when they're at the oh. shops because he's um, saying in front, like, really making it very awkward for her at the, at the grocery store. Yeah. But then... There's a lot of restraint, I think, when it's very clear watching that that there's something going on beneath the surface. But he doesn't call her out, no. No. He just sort of allows everyone to know what's going on and for her to say it without saying it. Yeah. And maybe uh, yeah. we're reading into it. Maybe she is fine with it and she does enjoy being a hostess rather than, you know, getting a getting a kid off and getting in the middle of the group room. Yeah, fair point. Louis ends up there at one point. <laughs> yeah, so there's like a like a cabin out the back, and <laughs> that Louis says, I think he says something like, "That's not going to leave me very soon." The image I saw, saw in that room. <laughs> yeah, he goes in there, and they yeah, they they're swinging, they're, they're in full swing, as it were. <laughs> and he got out pretty quick, didn't he? <laughs> he sure did. But he, he later on he jumps into the pool in the nude. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's loving it. Yeah, he's getting amongst it as best he can, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, good on him. And what do you think of the fact that they seem like a very inclusive and welcoming swinging community, while others that Louis sort of doesn't really get too involved with, but he does talk to people, they have like a rating system and you have to yeah. get into a particular yeah, attractive scale to get in. But these people are like, yeah, we'll take anyone, any size, shape, colour, all yeah. Every, everyone deserves to have fun. Yeah, that's fair so enough. Uh, pretty much their philosophy, and yeah, absolutely. All aboard that. Yeah, they're very accepting, that older couple. It's good to see. Yeah, I wonder what they're up to these days. Hey, this is like late 90s, so. It's probably dead, right? <laughs> they weren't that old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're a bit old. The um, thing that, that struck me most, though, is that. Yes, there's some sex stuff going on, but did it seem to you like it was just more about like having a friendship and having a community and that sort of thing? It was more about the culture of swinging rather than the the sex itself. I mean, they say it in the in the show. It was like eighty uh, percent like socialising and like twenty percent actual sex, really, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, which is interesting. And I watched this with a friend of mine, and she was saying. Um, you know, it's late 90s and Louis does seem a little bit, he's talking a lot about like, repeating several times. So you just go there and you have sex with each other. Like it's like if you film that today, I think people wouldn't be so interested in, like they wouldn't be have to be told several times what swinging is. And people might just be like, yeah, okay, that happens. Not really a huge yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. That's fair enough. Mm. A, lot more, a lot more open-minded nowadays, culture in I general. I think so. I think... Um, you know, we, we try not to, we don't slut shame anymore. We don't try to ah. fetish shame people either. Kink shame, I think. 
you know, so kink shaming. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you go into it, you're thinking it's oh, it's just going to be a fun. How weird are these people who swing? But then you like they're real people. I think yeah, just normal people, pretty much. Yeah. Did you like his um, Star Wars or Star Trek room? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's all right. Not really much of a Trekkie myself, though. Not, so. your, not your thing, okay. No, 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 no. It uh, makes you wonder when you go to someone else's house and they've got like a room you can't go into. What's behind there? <laughs> wow, could be a fetish room. Could be. <laughs> like the scuba suit with the <laughs> the dildo. Yeah. Out the mouth. He has that on display proudly. Doesn't he? Sure does. <laughs> And yeah, anything you want to say about that one, Dylan, or should we move on to wrestling? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Good, good introduction to Louie, I feel. Okay, good. So you were keen to then move on to the second episode I selected for you, which was professional wrestling. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I picked the first episode because. Like, as I said, I really always remember that, that couple and that strange dynamic and mm. feeling a bit sorry for her. This second episode I picked because, well, you love wrestling. Yeah, I, I love it too much, I think, because I kind of felt a bit insulted by this episode. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I understand that Louis tries to go in with open minds and he purposefully tries to not know much about the the subject, but... It just came off as insulting, like he doesn't know any wrestlers' names or anything like that. Like he talks to Raven at the start in the intro, and he's a you know fairly well known wrestler, and he's like, "Who are you?" Pretty much, and Raven's <laughs> like, "You're doing a documentary on professional wrestling. You don't know who I am." He's like, "Oh, I just got here." Came across as very ignorant, which you can't really do with professional wrestling, to be honest. Yeah, and and respect, I think, was a bit of an issue in this episode, wasn't it, Dylan? Big issue, big issue. I mean, pretty much. Uh, the only wrestler the game in the time of day was uh, obviously the independent wrestlers. They were pretty open and chill, unlike those guys. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper talked to him for a bit. I appreciated that. Uh, he also talked to Goldberg, which is the, the bald guy. He's always been a nice fella. Mm. But, like, yeah, there's lots of wrestlers. Like, Macho Man just walks past him. <laughs> but they could all just tell. <laughs> they really want any part of it. Yeah, and... Like, obviously, we're on the side of Louis because his documentary. But those guys oh. are like, yeah, this is my job. And then someone's putting a camera in my face as I walk to my job. Like, yeah. Of course, I don't have to talk to them, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he just seemed very focused on it. It's, it's fake, right? It's fake. Like, this is fake, yeah? And, you know, I can see how the wrestlers would be insulted by that. If that's all he's focusing on. Yeah, and I think, again, this is like maybe a product of it being in the 90s where that maybe wasn't so much in the, you know, the zeitgeist and that was the question, like, this is all fake, right? We all know it's fake and that was the question you had about wrestling. Well, I think maybe these days we, we do talk more about different stuff, at least you and I do anyway, about yeah, yeah. the theatre of it and all that stuff. Yeah. But he did seem, I don't know, I guess I'm on Louis' side still because I you know, like him and like his work, but even when he was asking those questions about, you know, it's predetermined, I thought he was trying to be respectful in his own way, but that wasn't how it was taken, was it? Especially by Sarge. Uh, yeah, Sarge is a dick. Like, 
I know about Sarge before this one. Like, um, there's a, a Batista documentary on the WWE Network, and apparently Batista tried out for WCW in the late 90s, and Sarge just treated him like shit. And Sarge is a dick as well. Like, he definitely took it too far. Like, because uh, I don't know if that was pre-planned, because he, like, puts Louie through the, through the, like, the training regimen of the wrestlers, just to, like, kind of punish him for <laughs> implying that wrestling's fake. But, like, it is fake, Dylan. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Bonnie, it's predetermined. It's not fake. Well, that's what Louie wasn't saying. Like, they're it's doing fake. actual was... moves. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's fair enough. But I think that's what Louie was saying. He was like, he wanted to learn about the predetermined nature of it. He wasn't, he, he said several times, like, oh, I'm not saying, you know, it's very athletic and I appreciate all the moves and stuff, yeah. but I just want to talk about, about that. Obviously, Sarge can't break kayfabe in front of you, like, on camera. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a big no-no. Yeah, but those independent boys, they were all open about it, weren't they? Yeah, they were good. <laughs> they were very chill. <laughs> Um, but like, I just thought that like, Sarge, if Louis come in and been like criticizing it and saying, oh, this isn't real because it's, it's fake and you guys are a joke. I could see why that would be a reason for Sarge to get so mad at Louis and put him through his paces like that. But yeah, like Sarge, you're mad about something that is like the truth. I do. Yeah. No, no. It's, yeah. I agree. Sarge is a, is an asshole. But 100%. I think maybe Sarge was, was upset with what he thought Louis was saying rather than what Louis was saying, you know. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. But no. It's too far, Sarge. Like Louis is throwing up and everything's yeah, too much. Yeah. It's a very, very weird macho thing, isn't it? Like they put through Louis through that until he threw up and then it was like after that it's like, okay, you're you're proving yourself, we've you've had your punishment and now you're you're okay again. Like you didn't have to do that. That's very weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's all the other end of the spectrum too. Like, don't, like everyone knows it's predetermined. Just be, just be honest and open about it. <laughs> just don't pretend it's still real. That's just embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah, I, again, I'm on Louis' side, but I didn't come across that, that Sarge was guy was any redeeming qualities after that. He was just being a dick for the sake of being a dick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's Sarge, from all accounts that I've heard. So, yeah. And what do you think of Sarge's nipples? <laughs> I wasn't looking at them. Were they big? Were they? They were big, Dylan. And big like nipples. His, um, big nips. Very erect at all times. A bit cold, was it? Must have been in that old power plant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It seemed like he's um. He'd cut his. Seeing that's the. Show off his nipples. Okay, we'll cut this out, but yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, I keep it here, mate. Oh. You're obsessed. <laughs> obsessed with nips, mate. Um, but you mentioned the independent boys, and, and they were a different different kind of, <laughs> different color fish, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. They were very open about it being predetermined. He's, he walks to one guy backstage. He's like, you're going to win tonight? He's like, yeah, I'm going to win tonight. It's going to be good. <laughs> going to win big. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, what do you think about them? Um, I was thinking they were much... They're in barbed wire. It seemed oh, like yeah. they're just going all out. That's what the independents uh, do a lot of the time. Well, not a lot of the time, but a lot of independent promotions do go for blood and guts. 
they like use barbed wire and have death matches and cut themselves and bleed non-stop because it's like pretty much the only way they can compete against the big boys who don't do that very often mm. it's the only way they can attract people so they've got to have some sort of yeah unique selling point is the fact that they exactly 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 and they're all fine with it. Like, he, Louis sees them get cut up and he goes backstage. He's very concerned. He's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> it's funny stuff. He was loving it, wasn't he? He was, he was hot oh, yeah. after it. It's all that adrenaline, mate. Mm. Mm. Once that kicks in, you can do anything, can't you? I found as well, I was getting a bit anxious watching them because they, you know, we see the ladder matches, we see some of the crazy stuff in the progress thing, but I feel like at least they've got medical staff on hand and they're professionals, so they know how to do all those stunts and do it safely, you know, even even though it's you know, still very real and um, yeah. stakes are quite high when you're doing those big stunts, but I know these guys are just in a school gym with barbed wire. I wouldn't want anyone in my life to be doing that because you just could not I think it's much safer to do the pro wrestling than the amateur wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting to get your thoughts on that as, as a wrestling fan, Dylan. It's interesting to, to see. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was definitely my least favourite of the episodes, I think. Is that because your, Just... your most favourite is coming up next? <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Looking for love in Thailand, what? hey? What? Why'd you make me watch this? <laughs> There's a, a Just... very... Specific reason, Dylan. I'll, I'll get to it eventually. But first of all, can you take me through what happens in this episode? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh yeah, I mean uh Louis goes to Bangkok. And it's it's basically about the whole system of like uh you know, kind of like mail order brides or you know, just to tie wives in general, just yeah, just creepy stuff. To be honest, Lonnie, I didn't. So it's yeah, looking no. mainly at English guys going over to essentially buy high brides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the service, this services that provide that one seems a little bit less creepy than the other, but you know. They're all creepy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, the first guy, there are two main creeps in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the first guy who's perhaps the creepiest, sleaziest guy in the whole entire world. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair so enough. He runs the first service that we look at. 
And he's just yeah. like quietly creepy. He's a bit of a low talker. And yeah. he's not like out there on first look, you're like, oh, that guy's a creep by looking at him. But you look at him closer, you're like, yeah, he's a creep. Yeah. Especially when he's out there trying to hand out flyers and literally reads through the flyer about his services. And a lot of it's about how, you know, women in the West, they've had too much women's liberation. <laughs> They're too independent. You need a wife who will just provide for you as a as a husband. What are your thoughts on that, Dylan? I mean, he's he's very hypocritical at the very least. Like, he'll, he just contradicts himself all the time. Like, he says he didn't go after his new wife straight away, um, but then he says it took about three hours. Yeah. Um, and then he says that, you know, women shouldn't be cooking and basically being in a man's win, but then he says that's what he would personally want because <laughs> he's a businessman. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, just a grub in general. And, and... and he runs through Thai wives like nobody's a business. <laughs> He sure does. Oh, it's so you said the cringe was getting too much for you, Dylan. I, I agree. Mm. I think I like I knew I knew this one was cringy, but I didn't realize I must have blocked out how cringy it actually was to be there and watching it again because it was, <laughs> it was it was a time. That was terrible. Didn't like it at all. On the on the flyer, I mentioned there is that particular bit that Louis calls him out on, where it talks about, "Do you want a wife who will never complain about having a headache?" Which means they're always going to have sex with you because they're not going to complain of having a headache to get out of mm. sex. I'm like, ooh, dude, not on. Yeah, not not good, not good. What do you think about the shot when Louis at dinner with them, with um this guy and his his new wife, and he's like feeding her some dinner off of like off his spoon, and that just pans across and Louis also there at the table. Yeah. You're not skipping much here, Dylan. You're just too creepy at the top, are you? It's, I just don't like it. <laughs> it's just not good. It's just not on. I mean, this guy's think, just a creep. Do you think he thinks they're in love? Louis or the bloke? The bloke. Does he think these wives actually like him after three hours? I think he's, yeah, a bit of an egomaniac. I think he does think he's all that and that they're in love with him. But, you know... And he leads her on with the conversation. He's like, yeah, three, about two and a half hours in, we were in love, weren't we? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then apparently they had sex in the office or something like that, two and a half hours in, with the mother outside the door. Yeah, not on. Gross? Not on. <laughs> Didn't like him much, to be honest. He ruined my night, that's for sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And that gets us to Lake. <sighs> the second creep. <laughs> the second creep. He's less less of a creep, more of a psycho, to be honest. Yeah. So this is a guy who's actually coming over from the UK um, to find a wife. Yeah. Because he can't find love in England. So he says if he can find it here, he'll be happy. But he's got, what's he got PTSD from? Because I mentioned that a few times. Well, I've done a bit of research. It looks like he was in the army. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. He talks about being um, a bit erratic. Yeah, he says he'll go off on people that annoy him, just <laughs> just straight up. It's funny when he first mentions that, he says, I can be a bit erratic sometimes. And Louis is like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can see the fear in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. 
And he says, like, don't mess with me. And Louis thinks he's talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's just a weirdo. And then he's got a date coming up. And he writes down his entire conversation mm. with his date. Bit weird. And he talks about, like he, I think he genuinely wants to love someone, Dylan. I, I mean, I get that. I understand. But, like, it still comes across as a bad bloke in the end. Yeah. Like, he nearly goes off with a bloke organising his date at one point. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, say, he's saying he thinks his first hire date is the one, because that's his first date ever in yeah. Thailand. Yeah. And, like, ten minutes in, he thinks she's the one. He's touching her, and she didn't really want to be touched. And you know, Not good. He's just a menace to society in general. The um The second matchmaker, I think, is a bit nicer. Uh, yeah, I mean, as nice as you can to be in that business, yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. I mean, you have to compare them. He's obviously better, but I, yeah, he's still in that business, so. It's all about having this old-fashioned view of women, though, isn't it? Not really seeing them as people, just seeing them as wives or, you know. Objects, yeah. Yeah, providing services and for men rather than just being their own person. Yeah. Um, you're right. And they I mean, they say to... that that's... Sorry, yeah, sorry, keep going. You go, Dylan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they say that's like, in comparison to Thai men, they're better. But, I mean, a lesser of two evils, really, isn't it? Well, I don't really understand what the problem with Thai men is because <laughs> what you're getting into with the English man is probably just the same or worse in some ways because you've been there's no actual connection there. It's just been paid for yeah um, and yeah and they, they go for so much detail about how you're not supposed to touch them or even hold their hand unless you ask and they say yes yeah you're just there touching her on the date dylan yeah i know it's not on not good and louis asked him he's like oh i probably forgot about that you definitely forgot about that mate we got you on film telling you about it but then the first wife, the first potential wife doesn't work out, but then another one turns up. Yeah, two days, they marry. They're married. I mean, she seems happy enough, I guess. And then he comes in with like a candle. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> first of all, he tells Louie they had a very active two days. Oh, good. But yeah, he comes in with the candle. He's like, I want to give this to you. You know, this is represent our love forever. You know, and that it will never go out. You know, I love not you so people. much. One person. He's <laughs> a bit full on, old Lake. And then um, she, he says, I love you. And she says, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> now, the reason I wanted to... This episode especially, first of all, it's, it's an interesting episode, but the quote Louis has in his voiceover at the end where he says, I wasn't sure what I'd just seen, but I knew it was time for me to leave. Yeah. Like, just sums up Louis. And it's very often quoted in the fandom of Louis through. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And I saw him on Twitter once and he was a bit confused about why that one line in particular was so popular. Mm. Um, and, and someone like, wrote back and was like, it just pretty much sums up your whole approach and your whole career, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Dylan, would you be surprised 
to learn that there is a Lake Palmer Appreciation Society on Facebook? I would be very surprised, yes. Well, it's true. There is one. Of course there is. Why wouldn't there be? They've um, done a bit of digging about what happened after the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's a quote from the Facebook page. Okay. You ready? Yeah, oh yeah. Sadly for Lake, the marriage <gasps> did not last. No! <laughs> My boy, he found love and now it's, it's... Oh, no, the flame extinguished Lonnie. Yeah. Sadly for Lake, the marriage did not last. No. no Chad had inspired... Was already married to a Belgian man. Oh. <laughs> After divesting Lake of his life savings, she moved on. Oh, no! But I saw another report on a different website that said that uh, maybe she visited England once or twice, but then couldn't get a visa, and it turned out that was because she was already married, but then maybe she'd already had some got the money. So oh. it seems like if, if it wasn't a scam, she got away with money. So <laughs> It turned into one, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the quote goes on, all was not lost. Lake eventually did find love with Elsa, a lady from the Philippines. They married and remained so until her death in 2016. Oh, no. So he's alone again. Apparently. Lake's current status is unknown. We do not know if he is still alive or whether he too has passed away. Louis has resolutely ignored all requests to make a follow-up. So, stuff. that's stuff. Okay. There's a quote, they go on to say, though, that there's, you know, time has passed, and there's maybe a little bit of a different perspective on Lake in his strange, mm. at best, demeanour. Yeah. They, they yeah. say, if you view it through the lens of a vulnerable man suffering from PTSD from his time serving his country, possibly being on the autism spectrum, which is, I think is, you could probably make that Oh, own. okay. Uh, sure. And he's nostalgic for a history that probably never existed, but which remains uh, forever rooted in British minds. You know, the idea of the world where the man was the king of the household and the wife did everything and stayed mm. home and cooked and cleaned and had sex whenever okay. he wanted. Oh, jeez. Okay. They don't say that. that. That's me, you know, extrapolating. But <laughs> yeah, maybe he wanted something that just was never going to be a thing. Fulfilled. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, well. At least you found love in the end, I guess. Seems like it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what are your overall thoughts on these um, episodes, Dylan? Would you go back and watch some more? Maybe. The Swingers one was really the only good one. I didn't really like these other two. They made me uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and you, but, you know, Louie's nice enough. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate... Uh, that he exists, I know who he is now, so, you know. Well, if the goal was to get you to know who Louie is, I think we've done all right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Perfect. Now, let's move on to a little segment I like to call Get Amongst It. Get Amongst It! <laughs> What's Get Amongst It all about, Dylan? It's all about uh, you or me letting the people know something that we've been getting amongst and for us to suggest it to other people to get amongst themselves. Like anything we're into these days, we want to try and get you into it as well. Pretty much, pretty much. My week, this week, I have selected a little show, Dylan. <laughs> I'll be coming up on our next episode of our podcast called Shit's Creek. 
Okay. Going all in on Shit's Creek, mate. Well, we'll get a little teaser because I finally got around Fair to enough. finishing it. And we've promised an episode of it coming up soon, so that might be next week, I believe. And okay, yeah, yeah. Good show, isn't it? Great show. One of the best. Fantastic show, Lonnie. I'm kind of... A, it feels like there's a hole in my life now I've finished it, Dylan, because I had you know, <laughs> six seasons, I think 80 episodes, and like, there's always a new one, you know, coming up, and then I got to the you end. Took it for like, granted, didn't you, mate? Yeah. Sad I mean, times, but you know. I can go back and watch it, I guess. Good. Well, yeah, won't have the same effect, but that's all right. Hmm. All good things must come to an end, Lonnie. Exactly. You hate for it to go on too long, so. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's why creator Dan Levy said he ended it where he did, didn't want to overstay the welcome. So mm-hmm. I can respect that. We'll get into it more next week or the week after when we do our episode about Shoots Creek. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Don't have any other thoughts on it? No, it's just I loved it and a bit chance okay. over. <laughs> okay. All right. So get amongst it, eh? Get amongst Shoots Creek, especially if you want to get amongst the episode of that coming up in a few weeks. Well... Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Okay, Dylan, guess what? You and me in the podcast are on socials. We are. We are on the socials. I, I have heard that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I miss you men pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Get amongst us, please. Everywhere. Everywhere. I'm going to thank the listeners too, Dylan. Go on, shows then. nothing without them, is it? Well, they do all right. <laughs> You want to come back, Dylan? Tell their friends about us. Can I butter them up a bit. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Good on yous. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to thank Mark for our theme song. Good on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark the man. Yeah, as always. I have another podcast called I Only Like You in Movies. Pretty good. Get amongst that. <laughs> what a raving review. <laughs> <laughs> no, the same like today, my partner and I, we look at um, recent film reviews, the uh, film, and we review them, and it's a really good time. Until next week, Dylan. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. And I guess if you've ever heard of Lee Theroux, I guess what's your impression of Dylan? I'll, I'll say it again. <laughs> my impression of Dylan. This is my impression of Dylan. Hey, I'm Dylan. How you going? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, cut that out, eh? Yeah. Cut that out. So I'll, I'll go again. Wait a oh, second. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> so it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be said. <laughs> I live in the city, Dylan. How many planes are there? A lot, apparently. Mm-hmm. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.